Strategic Living with Brian Holmes, episode number 43, an interview like no other with my great friend, Ray Edwards. Welcome to the program, everybody, today. It's going to be a great one. My name is Brian Holmes, and it is a joy to have you with us on the Strategic Living Podcast, where we are all about transforming minds, developing leaders, activating destinies, changing nations. Hey, we want to see you healed, your mind renewed. We want to see you transformed. We want to see you become all that God has uniquely created you to be. Well, I am super pumped about my guest today going to be a phenomenal conversation that you and I get to take part in. I hope you're ready to be changed, everybody. Let's get started. Well, this show is going to be something really special, and I will say to you that uh, before we begin that I am just pleased and honored as always that you would take of your time, and I know that what we're going to share with you today is going to be of great value in your journey to becoming what God intended you to be. Well, uh, you know, in a lifetime, you meet a few people that you can really connect with, people that you know uh, there's commonality there, there's a purpose for the relationship. And in that span of a lifetime, uh, those relationships, those special connections add so much value to your life. That's the kind of man that I am privileged to have on the program today. It is an honor for me to have back on the Strategic Living Podcast my dear friend, my dear colleague, Ray Edwards. Ray is the host of the Ray Edwards Show. You can find that at rayedwards.com. This is a top-rated podcast in iTunes, on Stitcher, and across all platforms. And he speaks about living with prosperity on purpose. And this guy provides such rich content on life, on leadership, on business, marketing, relating with God, just the gamut. He's just such a phenomenal individual. He is really best known in the business sector as being a direct response copywriter, a product launch manager, an internet marketing strategist. He's a great conference speaker. I've heard him speak on numerous occasions. And uh, specific campaigns that he's been involved with uh, has resulted in well over $100 million in sales around the world. I've been following Ray and his work now for 18 months to two years, and I have come not only to respect him as a business leader, but truly, truly honor him as a a man of God, a leader uh, across so many platforms. Last year, Ray and I met at the Platform Conference. Now, we had spoken before that by phone, but we actually had the opportunity to meet each other, to hang out together, to be together together. We both knew immediately that our meeting was divinely appointed by God and was going to be a connection that would last for a very long time. And as we shared our hearts and ideas and dreams with one another, it became very clear that we had so much in common. More recently, that is in the month of April this year, I had the great privilege of traveling to Spokane, Washington. I had never been to Spokane, Washington. What a beautiful city that is, stayed at the Davenport Hotel. If you ever go to Spokane, you got to stay at the Davenport, the old historic hotel. Oh, my gosh. 
The beds are more comfortable there than I can begin to tell you. In fact, I'm thinking about buying one, having it shipped to my home here in Dallas. But that's where Ray lives with his family. And uh, we were there participating in a one-day mastermind group that was so impactful and provided so much direction for me personally. And I will tell you, Ray has such a tremendous gift of discerning, directing, and deploying individuals and uh, to help them to move toward what they really desire to do. And I also am impressed with the fact that he is always gathering great people around him. The quality of people that gather around other good people is just phenomenal. I count it a, an honor, frankly, to have him as a friend, to have him as a brother in my life. Ray, welcome to the program, man. It's great to have you back with us. I am so glad to be back here with you. I can't even express it in earthly words. <laughs> well, you better pick some heavenly ones, I suppose, but be careful. Some people might be offended by that. Oh, my goodness. Let's hope so. <laughs> well, man, I tell you what, what's been going on in your world? Let's just start right there. It's been a while since you and I've had a, a lengthy conversation. So what's happening in Ray's world? Well, it's the most interesting paradox. Uh, God has been taking me through a journey of learning to slow down so that he can accelerate me through what he has in mind. Wow. And I've simplified. I've brought some relationships to a close through his guidance and some activities to a close through his guidance that didn't make sense in, a, in the natural realm, if you will. Like an outside observer might look and say, well, why did you stop selling that product? Well, because God told me to. That's all I can tell you. Yeah, and it's, yeah. made, it's made space for him to move in other ways in my life. And he's accelerated relationships with people for me and knit me closer to people, you being one of those people. Uh, you know, there wouldn't be space for me to be doing this interview if I hadn't cleared out some of that space already. So it's interesting. I think what happens for us is God has plans for us. And in order for his plans to come to fruition, we've got to cooperate and get rid of all the extra junk in our life that gets in the way. And we don't often know what that is, and it often doesn't make sense to us, but he knows exactly what he's doing. Man, that is so dead on target with what I've been processing in my own life. And uh, my wife and I have been journeying through this amazing season of transition, and you just described in less than two minutes uh, the process, and that is you've got to make space for what's new. So let's let's talk about that. Let's talk about transition. What does that look like to you? Because everywhere I go and just about everyone I talk to, both in the church world, if you will, the business world, and even in personal relationships, seem to be going through some form of major change, major transition, a shift in seasons. And it seems as though everybody's a little uncomfortable with that. What does that mean to you? Well, transition, of course, in the natural birthing process as I understand it, because I've never given birth to a baby. But I've been told that the transition phase is the tough part, the really painful part of the process. I guess it's all painful. See, I'm getting into deep waters here that I'm going to get myself in trouble <laughs> if I'm not careful. Yes, this should, this should render quite a few comments online, I'm sure. It's making me a little nervous even as we speak. <laughs> but it, it is, I believe, analogous to what we're talking about right now, going through this transition phase in life that a lot of people, and I'm experiencing the same thing with people that I talk with, uh, not just individuals even, but churches and ministry organizations, parachurch ministries, um, companies in just in the marketplace uh, that may not think they're in ministry. But 
there is a there is a transitional um, quality in the atmosphere. I think things are happening in the spiritual realm that um, are huge. And we don't even realize and won't realize probably for several years yet exactly what was going on in this period. But I think it's as if the picture that comes to mind for me, Brian, is God moving chess pieces around on the board. You know, it's not like he's playing a game that he's not going to win. That's exactly. That's not it. But um, pieces are being repositioned strategically. And, you know, by pieces, I mean me and you and other individuals. And so it looks like having to make choices, like we were talking about having to make that space. And it may mean for some of us, it might even mean having to spend a little time in the wilderness. Imagine that. Yes. No question. And that's not easy. You know, I was thinking recently about the Lord uh, Jesus when he went into the wilderness. Uh, It says he was there with the animals, with the wild animals. Just think about the reality of that for just a minute, being in the desert with all the different animals. I think they were, if I'm not mistaken, there were lions roaming that region in the time that Jesus would have been in the wilderness. And so he was there with the lions and the jackals and the scorpions and whatever other weird, dangerous creatures were out there. And he was hungry and thirsty and the enemy was there to tempt and torment him if, if he could find a way to do it. And so that wilderness time was uncomfortable even for Jesus. Yes. So it's bound to be uncomfortable for us, but here's what, here's what fires me up. When he came back, he came back with power. Yes, he did. And I think it looks a lot like that for all of us that are going through a period of transition as well, because he was transitioning from his work uh, in the marketplace to his work in his ministry. And when he went through that transition, it was uncomfortable. But when he came out the other side, he was filled with the spirit and it never left him. And he deposited that same spirit in us. So what we've got ahead of us, I believe is exciting. It'll be trying. It'll be maybe uncomfortable at times, but man, there's no other time I'd rather be alive on planet earth than right now. Absolutely. What, what is it in your mind about the human condition that makes it so challenging for people to be willing to let go of the past and what they're familiar with, what they're comfortable with, and even in some cases what they have experienced a level of success with in the past in order to embrace what God is sitting right in front of them right now as the new place, the new threshold, the new experience. What what makes it so why are we so hard headed and why is it so difficult for us to just simply say, Okay, God, that's that was a blessed time, but now I know you're doing something new. You have this way of reading my mail. <laughs> I'm just gonna say that. Because I know that's a phrase we say. Yes, it is. You've got um, mail. <laughs> but you you did just read my mail. I was uh, just yesterday, day before yesterday, day before yesterday, I was in my car and I actually pulled over into a parking space and popped out my iPhone and recorded something that was running through my head so strong that I had to speak it. And now I realize I was just preparing for this conversation. There you go. We fool ourselves into thinking 
that the picture we have of our life right now, if we take a holographic snapshot, a 3D picture of our life like it is right now, with everything that we do on a daily basis, the things that we experience, the smells that we smell, the people that we talk to, the habitual patterns that we run each day, like when we get up and how we brush our teeth and what we eat and where we live and what the weather's like, all that stuff, that is the holographic picture, snapshot, or slice of our life. We think, we fool ourselves into thinking, this is how things are. Yeah. And this is how they're going to be. But if we looked back and took another snapshot of a different day five years ago, and we really immersed ourselves in that slice of our life, we'd realize, man, that was totally different. Yes. But at that time, we thought, this is how life is, and this is how it's going to be. And we get so caught up in the pain of transition, because as things begin to swirl and change from the way they've been, we have this blueprint in our head about, well, this is how things are, and this is how they're supposed to be. And so when they start changing, and we didn't initiate the change, we get all twisted out of shape. And yeah. we look back and we go, but wait a minute. Two years ago, life was like this picture, and now it's not like that picture anymore, and now I'm upset because I want it to go back to the way it was. Or we look into the future, and we say, well, this is how I want things to be five years from now. I've got my five-year plan, and it's not like that yet, so I'm not happy. And we miss what you were just talking about, what God is doing right now, yeah. today, in this moment not even like later this afternoon, something good's going to happen. Something good is happening right now. Like right now, I'm talking with my friend and my brother in the Lord and my partner in what God is doing on the earth, Brian Holmes. I'm talking with you yep. through a, a miracle of technology. That's amazing. Yes, it is. So I, I, would, I would just urge all of us, me, I'm exhorting myself as much as I'm exhorting anybody else. Pay attention to what God is doing in your life at this moment because the past is gone. And Jesus told us tomorrow's got enough trouble of its own. Yes, it does. So let's just, to borrow a phrase from the hippies who didn't know how right they had it, let's just be here now, man. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, I, I've been, you're, you're aware, you and I have discussed this in a couple of different forums now, but. You know, this amazing journey that my, my wife and I have been on the last two or three years, really it's about a four-year process, but the last two years have been maybe the most intense. Uh, now that I'm coming to the, the exit off of this freeway uh, for this transition, I am recognizing that God himself loved me enough, cared for our future enough, because frankly, he has already determined what it was supposed to be anyway, that some of the very things that I felt were wrongs perpetrated against me or possibly even maybe I failed here and didn't do what I could have done or wasn't as successful as I thought I might have been or whatever, but all of those little things that I could have perceived if I allowed myself to as something that was negative were simply God's way of, and I use this term very carefully, but manipulating the surroundings, the circumstances, to move me in a direction. He loved me enough to shift some things. Even though it didn't feel right to me in the moment, it was absolutely what had to happen to get me moving out of this comfort zone, out of the stuck place, so that I could begin to sense and know and smell and see 
what was just on the other side of what in this particular moment was a bit of a painful moment. And I know there are people listening here that may be at a place this very moment that you feel like, man, this is just screwed up. It's messed up. My life's not where it needs to be. I would propose to you that it could be the circumstances you're dealing with might be God himself at work moving you in a direction that right now is not clear to you. But from my experience in recent days, I believe that it's it's there is, like you said a while ago, a global movement taking place that God is shifting some things, moving pieces to position us for where he wants us to be in this coming season. What are your thoughts on that? I think that is so accurate. I read something recently that said every blessing ignored becomes a curse. And I read that in a book. This will upset some people, but that's okay. I'm good at that. I read it in a book called The Alchemist mm-hmm. by Paulo Coelho. And a lot of uh, Christian people don't like that book because they feel like it's theologically incorrect. I think what's going to be fun, Brian, is when we all get to heaven and the Lord explains to us how many of our Christian books were theologically incorrect. <laughs> Boy, don't get me started. <laughs> so uh, that, setting that to the side, uh, there's here's another quote from The Alchemist. And I, I'm going to tell you why I'm quoting this book, because I think what you're talking about is alchemy in its truest sense. And alchemy, traditionally, people understand it as the alchemists are the ones who could turn lead into gold. Mm-hmm. And I think God is the alchemist. He's the one who can turn any base, worthless, common, dirty thing into pure gold. Mm-hmm. He redeems everything. That's, that's the ultimate alchemy. In this book, I'm going to just read you a quote from the book. It says, tell your heart that the fear of suffering is worse than the suffering itself and that no heart has ever suffered when it goes in search of its dreams because every second of the search is a second's encounter with God. Wow. Yeah. That is stout. (laughs) I have now officially stolen that phrase from you. That is stout. That is stout. It is. Uh, it, that book wrecked me. And of course, you know, I see everything through redeemed eyes. It's just what happens when he redeems you. Sure, sure. Uh, but it's made me so aware that whatever is happening to us right now, God is transmuting it into gold that's treasure for you and for me. A little over two and a half years ago, I got diagnosed with what some people would call a horrible disease, Parkinson's disease. Well, it is a horrible disease. Sure. Let's call it what it is. It did not come from God. God did not say, you know, I think what Ray needs is a little bit of Parkinson's disease. <laughs> when, uh, when the leper came to Jesus, Jesus never said, well, bummer for you, man. This is the leprosy that comes from my father. <laughs> that's, that's not what happened. He said, be clean, be whole, right. be healed. And so whatever happens to us in this yet fallen world, God, I believe, transforms it into something for our good. So instead of us getting offended or bitter or being all twisted up about why did God let this happen, we need to do what you were talking about just now. That is be looking for how is God turning this for my good? How is he transforming this into something that's going to take me to a fuller 
realization of who he knows that I am. He's leading me on a journey. All I got to do is just follow him. Absolutely. Let me shift on you here for a second and right in the same vein. With transition, with seasons of change, when God is moving a person from one place to another, from one level to another, uh, even one dimension to another in their experience, in their life, in their progression, I have found in these recent couple of years, and you mentioned this in your opening comments, I have found that it always seems to be accompanied by changes in relationships. Mm. Earlier this year, I did four consecutive podcasts, which I rarely do this, but I did four consecutive podcasts, and the primary thought around those was talking about relationships. And for me, talk about some of that pain thing. You know, you never want to, quote-unquote, lose a relationship. You never want to necessarily turn your back on a relationship. You don't want to be perceived as the guy who, who abandoned someone that maybe you've walked with for a number of years. But my perspective at this moment is when God is moving you from one level to another, there are a lot of people that simply can't go with you to that next place. Mm-hmm. I'd love to hear you talk about that. Well, it's true. And it happened in Jesus' life. There were people that he came into and out of contact with, and he couldn't be in relationship with anymore. It happened to the Apostle Paul. Um, You know, we've got records. There were disagreements between Paul and Peter, for instance. Mm -hmm. And um, Paul and people on his ministry staff disagreed so much that they split up. They parted ways. They sure did. (laughs) Uh, They did. They parted ways. Um, And, you know, here's the thing. You and I are not, this is just the simple physics of the thing. We are not omnipresent. So we can't be in relationship with everybody. Right. And God's got things for you and I to do in his perfect plan that is unfolding in our lives right this second. And so sometimes that means that we part ways with people. And it doesn't mean that we don't love them anymore and that we somehow disapprove of them or we find them less important than they were at one point. It's just a change of the seasons. You know, I don't get mad when spring turns into summer exactly, because that's just the way the calendar works. And I look for what's the beauty in summer. And I know spring will come back around again at some point, And so will our relationships. And so I think the challenge for us is obviously to do this in love and to communicate to people that, Hey man, it's not that I don't love you anymore or that I'm mad at you or that I'm paying you back for some perceived wrong or it's none of that. It's just God's got me going in a different direction right now. And we're still connected in the spirit. And, you know, you're not being written out of my will. (laughs) Uh, It's, it's, but it can be difficult because what I've discovered is it's one thing to have all these answers at the tip of your tongue, but when you're walking this stuff out, it's messy. Yeah. But you know, what's funny is God's got everything in order. And our idea of order and God's idea of order are different because I don't know if you've ever witnessed a birth, but that is not an orderly procedure. Yes. <laughs> yes. It's messy. Yes, it is. But it's beautiful. It is beautiful. It is beautiful. Well, I tell you what, uh, let's talk about 
this real quick here as far as transition. I came just a couple of, I guess maybe a month and a half ago to Spokane. Beautiful city, by the way. I, I love your town. I wish I could have spent more time there. I've also already mentioned in my introduction today that I love the beds at the Davenport. Mm-hmm. <laughs> have to tell you that. Uh, but man, the time that we spent together with 10 or 12 other people there in the conference room, masterminding together and and flowing together. I noticed, I observed that a number of the folks in that room were, in my estimation, experiencing some measure of transition and change in their trajectory, their direction, what they were looking to do and how they were going to be going about it, et cetera. <laughs> yes. I'm not, not sure if you observed that. I'm sure you did because you're very observant like that. Uh, but that process for me was really prolific. I've been a part of a mastermind group for a while. That's more of a, you know, a couple times a month, hour and a half meeting. Uh, the way you hosted yours, the way we went about, uh, that process to me was intense. It was concise. It was there. And it, the collective mind of the people in that room kind of was a tipping point for me. And you were there, you obviously know what happened. And so many things have transpired since then, which we'll share with you later. But Talk to me about that mastermind process. What does it mean to have people around you, even if it's just for a day, that can see from a perspective that you might have a blind spot in to to have input into something from a totally objective place? What what does that mean to you? You've done a number of those, been a part of a number of those. How would you describe that process and its benefits? Well, first of all, we can't look at the back of our own head. And say that, other, say that again. Say that again. We can't look at the back of our own head. Only other people can give us that perspective. Right. Uh, even if we're looking in a mirror, it's not the same. Or if we're looking at a photograph, it's just not the same. And so to have other people who are gathered together with the common purpose of mutual benefit is powerful. And some people get freaked out about the whole mastermind concept because Napoleon Hill coined that term Mm -hmm. in his book, Think and Grow Rich. And he talks about the power of the mastermind. And he says that when you bring together more than one mind in a room, a, if you bring two minds together, a mysterious third mind is formed. And some Christian people that I've known have gotten freaked out about that. They're (laughs) afraid that that's some kind of new age phenomena that we shouldn't be engaging in. And I'm always reminded of this little passage in the Bible that says, where two or more of you are gathered in my name. There am I. There am I. Yep. So there's your third mind. The funny thing to me that I get endless amusement from is that some people in the room always don't understand the world the way I do. Not all of them have signed up to the Christian club. So they don't even know what's going on. They just know something powerful is happening here. We, we had a meeting one time like this, and there was a lady there who's, deep into new age practices, you know, singing crystal bowls and rainbows and unicorns and all that stuff. And we had a good old fashioned charismatic fire tunnel at the end of one of our business meetings. (laughs) And she said, she came to me afterwards and she said, something weird happened to me as I went through that line of people. And I said, really? She, She said, yeah. She said, you know, I see things. And I said, I have no doubt of that. She said, no, really, I see spiritual things. I said, I believe you. What did you see? She said, well, I saw a bright light and the most powerful, highest level vibration I've ever seen. What was that? And I said, 
that was the spirit of God. And she said, I don't even know what it means, but I'm changed. Wow. Wow. That sort of thing is happening at these mastermind meetings. Yeah. And so um, when we come together with the mutual intentional purpose of benefiting one another and we're conscious, I mean, you know, I started the thing with prayer. Yes, you did. Um, because I want to invite God to be part of what we're doing. He's there anyway. So he doesn't need an invitation to be present, but uh, I think it's always better when we cooperate with what he's doing. Um, and so people with that conscious intention and with the consciousness of the spirit of God in their midst, or some of them maybe not even believing that that's so just knowing that something powerful is happening. The, even those people experience the anointing. You know, it's like um, Saul, King Saul went to be with the prophets and he prophesied. Because it just was, there was so much anointing flowing that he couldn't help it. Yep, yep. So that's happening in the mastermind process. And then just for, strictly from a natural viewpoint, if you just want to look at it from that viewpoint, you've got a room full of 11 other people, ideally, um, with different backgrounds, different experience, different worldviews, different ways of seeing you and your situation. And they are seeing things that you simply cannot see yourself. And if you'll be open to that and you'll say, I'm going to set aside my disbelief and my preconceptions and hear what these other people have to pour into me. You might just get a perceptual shift that changes the rest of your life. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I will say that the one person in the room, and I I honestly couldn't tell you the person's name that I perceived might not have been a member of the Christian club uh, or subscribed to some of the same belief systems that we are that person's input into my issue that I brought to the table might have been the most impactful just because they they were seeing things from a different perspective. Mm-hmm. And uh, it really was an amazing process for me, and I cannot wait to be a part of another one with you, and hopefully soon. I, I'm, I know we're all over the place today, but when we you and I do an interview, it's not an interview, it's a conversation, and other... People just get to hang out with us and listen, so it's great. It, it's adding so much value, I know, to someone. I, I want to. There's two more little places I want to go before we kind of wrap this up. I've heard you talk in recent months, and I think you mentioned some of this in your opening comments about taking time away, simplifying your life. I've heard you were use the word decluttering and just making adjustments. All of that to me speaks to transition, which is what we're really talking about here. But I'd, I'd love to hear from you. What are some of the specific changes and shifts that you've made that you have found great value in of late that have moved the ball down the field, really you know, made a difference noticeably in a short space of time? One was forming a mastermind group with some friends that are mostly based around the Nashville area. Um, our mutual friend, Dan Miller, is a member of that group. Mm-hmm. And um, getting some real peer-to-peer feedback from those folks uh, and asking them, inviting them to speak into my life in ways that might even make me uncomfortable and listening to that feedback with serious intention. Another part of that picture was actually inviting, this is going to be a shocker, so get ready. Hang on to your seat. <laughs> inviting my wife and my son to speak into my life at that level. Yeah. Yeah. 
and to say, look, guys, I know we've always had open communication, but I'm inviting you now to look at my weak areas, to look at the areas where you think I might be stumbling or I might need to make an adjustment and, and bravely communicate that to me. I'm not going to strike back or retaliate or be defensive. I'm just going to listen. That's been powerful. And to make that happen, you have to make space because I promise you when those discussions open up, it is not on your calendar. It is not, we'll take 15 minutes now to talk about my weak spots. <laughs> That's not how it works. Uh, so that has been painful, but it has been the most rewarding conversation and discussion and interchange that I've had in my family life ever. Um, in addition to that, let's just talk about physical actions that we've taken. For me, one of the biggest freeing acts has been getting rid of hundreds and hundreds of books. I believe that readers are leaders and vice versa. Which came first, the chicken or the egg? I think God made the chicken with eggs in her, but yeah, that's another yeah. discussion. I realized as I was going through this, see, I got this word about simplifying from God. I wrote it on my white, I took, I raced a whiteboard full of plans uh, halfway through last year, I think, and wrote a big word in the middle of the whiteboard, simplify. And it hmm. stayed up there for, months because I didn't know exactly what it meant. And God began to bring people to speak into my life to tell me what that meant. I ended a, an enormous business relationship. Um, just talked to the person and said, I still love you. I know you probably don't believe that right now, but we're going to stop doing this together. And we did. And I just turned everything over to him and didn't keep anything for myself. That's not to say how generous I am. That's what was required for me to simplify yeah, in that yeah. area. And then God showed me these books had become a, a form of materialism for me. I somehow had my intellectual, ideal, self-worth concept tied up in those books. And God just began to ask me, well, am, am I more important or are those books more important? And so hundreds and hundreds of books out the door. Um, hundreds and hundreds of pages and discs and cassettes of information products that I've collected over the years out the door, just physically got rid of them. Uh, and now it's a process of going through a lot of remaining physical possessions and simplifying. I'm not, I'm not getting ready for my departure from this life. I'm getting ready to engage more fully with this life. It's weird to me, Brian. Our physical possessions, I believe, are often a way of insulating ourselves from experiencing life. Wow. It's almost a pseudo comfort something. Uh, absolutely. Because this is the picture that I got. And for those of you who are into the Lord of the Rings, you'll immediately understand this. Those things had become my precious. Wow. And in the story, Gollum this beautiful young creature who lived in an innocent place that looked a lot like Eden became enamored with an object of evil, a material object that was the material manifestation of evil on the earth. And Gollum became so obsessed with it that he became this twisted, pathetic creature that could only think about his precious. He hid it. He polished it. He cared for it. He worried about it being stolen. 
He protected it from other people. He felt that it gave him power. But really, the precious was evil and was in control of Gollum. Mm. Boy, is there a perhaps a parallel we could draw there? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So uh, it's been that process for me. And then making space for relationships, which brings it around to what you were talking about earlier. And making space for new relationships means you've got to bring other relationships to a close or to put them on pause. If you're going to develop new relationships and have new conversations, you've got to stop having old ones. Yeah. I'm reminded of something Dan Miller said not too long ago in one of our meetings. He said that every single year, I believe it's in November, maybe October, he begins this process, but he begins to, to plan out his new year. And one of the practices that he's developed over the years is he is ruthless about eliminating at least 15% of his activities, products, whatever he has to do to make space for what is going to emerge in the new year. Mm -hmm. Even if he can't define or articulate what the new thing is going to look like, he says, I am intentional every single year. I'm going to make space for new relationships, time with friends. I'm going to do whatever I have to do in my calendar so that I can make space. And I, that just struck me because I've never even thought like that until the recent, uh, most recent couple of years. And I see now that doing that is the only way that you have a, a capacity to receive the new thing. Absolutely amazing. Well, the second thing I wanted to just ask you to wrap with is talking about all this change, transition, and taking your life to the next level. If you were able to to really just say, you know what, if a person who is in the middle of a transition right now would remember these three things, these are the things that I would recommend they really hold to and and be guided by. What would those things be? Hmm. Make time and place for being in God's presence. Yeah. That's the first thing. It's really the only thing. Now, some who are left-brained and theologically minded will say, well, we're always in God's presence. He's omnipresent. Well, that's right. But we're usually distracted by our possessions, by our activities, by our ideas, by our email, by our Facebook, even by our podcasts. Mm -hmm. Make space and place, time and place to hear from God. And, that, you know, for me, that means reading his word and being in nature. Mm -hmm. So that would be number one. Number two would be be conscious of what God is doing in your life right now, today. If you can manage to pay attention to what he's doing right in front of you, if you can keep yourself from being distracted by regrets about the past or fears about the future, then you can wallow in the wonder of the present. Yeah. And that's what he wants us to do. I think that's why he calls it the present, because it's a gift. Yes. <laughs> there you go. And number three 
is to take what you've been given, the bread of life that you're feeding on right now, and feed it to other people. You know, when I uh, first received my diagnosis of Parkinson's disease, I really got caught up for a short period in me. My problem, my diagnosis, my symptoms, my sadness, my regret, my not understanding what God was doing. Wah, wah, wah. Somebody call the wambulance. <laughs> but that focus turned inward and began to form a little bit of unbelief and a little bit of bitterness. And it was only when I was able to turn my focus to giving the bread of life that I was receiving from the Lord, however meager I might have thought that might be at the, at the moment, but giving it away to other people, that was the only way I could increase it. And it's interesting to me, I noticed later on, that if you read the book of Job, when was Job healed of his physical afflictions? There's something very specific that happened. He prayed that his friends would be forgiven. Mm -hmm. And then he was healed. And I don't say that to say, I thought if I go pray for other people, then I'll be healed. Of course, I am in great anticipation of the day my physical healing takes place. But my motivation for wanting to pour into other people is because that's what the one I follow did and does and is doing presently. And I want to be doing what he's doing. Jesus said, I only do what I see the father doing. And I only say what he's saying. If you just think about that for a little bit, about what would it take to be in that state? Yeah. Those are the three things that I would do. It's powerful. That I work to do every day. Well, Ray, I want to encourage my listeners and the folks that engage with us on a regular basis to do the same with you. And I, I have been a listener of your program for a long time. I read your blog. And you, you are such a prolific giver of life and content and encouragement. And uh, I just... I want to say to our folks that, that are connected to us in any way, form, or fashion, you must connect with Ray Edwards at rayedwards.com. Subscribe to his podcast. Allow this voice, this guy, to speak into your life on a regular basis. I really believe he's got something to offer that will be of great value to you now and for the days and weeks and months and years to come. Ray, thank you for being on the program, man. You are a friend. You are a brother. And I am honored that you would take your time to, uh, to share with our audience the wealth of wisdom and grace that's on your life. Thank you, my friend. Well, if you'd like to comment on this episode, please go to brianholmes.com forward slash 043. Scroll down to the show notes and... Leave your comments, your questions, your insights. I know that this interview had to have challenged you and really moved you in a very powerful way, and I trust that uh, the conversation between Ray and I today was just a blessing to you 
and will help you as you are moving from one place to another, one level to another, one season to another. Don't be discouraged with transition. It is God's way of getting you where you need to be to experience the full expression of what that next season is supposed to be. I'm so excited for you. Well, a couple of very quick announcements here. Uh, We are going to be offering our webinar, Change Your Mind, Change Your World, on Wednesday, June the 11th at 7 p.m. I'm really excited. This is a, a topic that I am so passionate about because I really do believe that as a man thinketh, so is he. What you believe to be true about you, about money, about business, about your opportunities, about your capacity, about your self-worth, about other people, what you believe to be true literally governs the outcomes you experience in your life. In this webinar, we're going to be sharing with you how the mind works, how beliefs are formed, how to evaluate and challenging, challenge limiting beliefs, how to really break yourself free from the hold that those limiting beliefs have on you and renew your mind, literally transform the way you think, the way you see life, so that you can come into a new place altogether. Wednesday, June the 11th, 7 p.m., change your mind, change your world. For more information, go to brianholmes.com forward slash teleseminar. All the info and links are right there. If you'd like to have us come speak at your event, your church, your conference, a leadership event, we would be so privileged and honored to serve you or your organization in any way possible, just go to brianholmes.com forward slash speaking to find out more about that. Well, I encourage you to take what you've heard today and go put it into action. Become all that God has called you to be. Don't stop for anybody. Get engaged in the process of transition. Allow yourself permission to be changed from one man into another, from one woman to go where God wants you to go. It's a beautiful, beautiful season. Once again, I trust that something that we have shared today has challenged you to pursue God's very, very best for your life. I believe that this is your season. It's your time to move forward, your time to break free, your time to rise to the occasion. It's going to be a great one. Well, share this with your friends, with your associates on social media, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, Google+. Until next time, remember this, you are made in His image. You are designed for a purpose. You are destined for greatness. The whole world is waiting for the real you to show up. God bless you. Until next time. Take care, everybody.